Last week, we began a worship series entitled The Lampstand. And in it, we were reading out of the book of Exodus where God was giving Moses some very specific instructions on how the tabernacle was to be built. The tabernacle was the place of worship that the Israelite people would, would, would have as they were settled at Mount Sinai. And God was very specific. God gave instructions on how long the pieces of wood would be, the type of gold that they should use. God gave every specific detail of every specific component that was going to be included in the tabernacle, including the lampstand. The lampstand was to be lit and maintained in the holy place to represent the glory of God. And so last week, we considered the lampstand of, of our lives. If there was a lampstand to represent us, do, do we know where it is? What have we been doing with it? Uh, is it lit? On what is it shining? Is it in any way connected to and representative of the glory of God? And so we come today, light the lampstand. To remind us that indeed it is to be maintained in its proper place to reflect the glory of God as we seek to be peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. They will be called children of God. This is high praise from Jesus. For to be a child of God means that you are God-like, that you have the attributes, the characteristics, the qualities of God. So, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. It could very well say, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be God-like. And can you think of any other godlier attribute than to be a peacemaker? So how is it that we become peacemakers? How is it that we become makers of peace as children of God? Well, it, it first starts with ourselves, and this isn't, this isn't a selfish perspective. Rather, it's an acknowledgement that if we are to be peacemakers, we've got to take an inventory. We've got to take an inner look, and that's hard. I mean, most of us are uncomfortable when we, we pause to, to take an inner look, a, a spiritual inventory of what's taking place in our lives as it relates to our relationship with God. And I believe that's why we have become so busy. We would rather fill our time with anything else. Whether it's, it's TV or books or electronic devices or social media. Or calendars that just overflow with appointments and responsibilities and other people. Because we realize that if we're going to, to stop. If we're going to pause to take that inner look, that, that spiritual inventory as it relates to 
our peace and our connectedness with God, that's, that's going to be hard. But here's what happens if we don't do it. If we don't take the time to, to settle down and do that, we know that life just gets crazy. It begins to spin out of control. You know, we could even say that it's, it's absurd and it gets to the point that we can't hear God, that, that we have tuned him out to the point that, that we can't listen and we can't hear. And in fact, absurd in Latin means deaf. So when life becomes absurd, crazy, there's a spiritual deafness in our connectedness to God. And so that's why it's so important for us to take the time to slow down. And take note of that, that inner spiritual inventory. Of where are you as it relates to peace within and, and your connectedness to God. Because when, when that happens, when we begin to, to have that, that listening, that inventory, and we begin to listen to God, that's when we become more obedient. In fact, obedient in Latin means listening. So if we think about the, the craziness that can become our lives, the craziness that can become our world, that can lead to, to spiritual deafness, if we will but slow down and listen, that's when we begin to cultivate that peace and that obedience that comes and our relationship with God. So when you, you hear us talking about, are you reading your Bible? Are you taking time to reflect? Are, are you praying? And not just praying to let God know what, what, what you would call him on to be involved in, but also praying involves listening. Those things have a direct correlation to our sense of peace. And our connectedness to God. It, it, it boils down to, to, to a, a couple of questions. you know, And one of them is. When, when it comes to your life. Are you building your life? Or are you building your life. In cooperation with the master builder. You know this is told to us in, in the Psalms. The 127th Psalm. That we are told by the psalmist. When the Lord, doesn't, the Lord doesn't build the house, the builder labors in vain. So we, we have to ask ourselves that question. Who's building your house? That is your life. Is it you? Or are you working alongside the master builder so that you're not laboring in vain? Because it's that laboring in vain that leads to that unsettledness, to that Lack of peace. So when we take those words of the psalmist and then we lay them alongside the words of Jesus. Words that, that Jesus spoke in the 16th chapter of John's gospel. He says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. So if we start to answer the question of who's building our house. In which way are we laboring? And then we hear these words of Jesus that he's told us these things so that in him we can have peace. It begins to come clear that there is indeed a direct connection 
to our level of peacefulness in our relationship to God. And it's out of this relationship, out of this, out of this connectedness, out of this setting aside the spiritual deafness of the world and, and taking stock of who God is in our lives, it's then that our lives begin to bear fruit. Why is it so important for our lives to, to bear the fruit of peace? Well, I can assure you that you will find that in your life there's no greater sense of fulfillment and creativity. You are your best self when you have that sense of peace in your relationship with God. Because it's out of that peace that brings alignment. Now, now why is the alignment so important? Well, you know, if, if you've ever had a vehicle where, where the, it's been out of alignment, you know the bumpiness and the pulling one direction or the other until you can get it aligned. It's the same way with God. When we have that sense of peace in our relationship with God, we are in greater alignment. And I can tell you, I can't think of a time in my 50 plus years, that there has been a greater sense of disunity and discord, of anger and retaliation, you know, of resentment and mistrust. That's why we have been called to be peacemakers it's a sign of spiritual maturity you know if you think about it you know th th those that are spiritually immature it's the childish that want that want to fight it's the spiritually mature that want to heal it's the childish that build walls it's the spiritually mature that build bridges it's the childish that want to recoil the spiritually mature that want to restore and reconcile. Being a peacemaker is one of the most godlike attributes we can be connected to. And part of the reason that it's so important is when we hear the words of Jesus. Yet he chose them very carefully. Blessed are the peacemakers. You know, there's a difference between a peacemaker and a peace lover. There's some people who have such a great love for peace that it actually creates more trouble. You know, if, if you're unwilling, unwilling to deal with things, if your idea of being a peace lover means... I'm going to avoid that. I'm not going to create waves or ripples. But you, you have those people in your life. They're in your family. They're in your place of work and business. They're neighbors. But Jesus understood that it was about making peace, not loving peace. Because Jesus, Jesus knew that there were going to be difficult times. That there was going to be struggle. 
Because Jesus knew that that peace came by not avoiding the struggle, not avoiding the issues. I mean, look in Scripture. Was there ever an occasion where Jesus avoided the question, the conversation, the issue that was right in front of him? Whether it was a question from a Pharisee or whether it was Herod or Pilate. He didn't avoid it. Jesus knew that peace came by dealing with what's right in front of you and overcoming it. That's part of why the, the second half of that verse we just read out of John chapter 16 is so important. Jesus says, there will be trouble in this world. But take heart. I have overcome the world. See, Jesus knew there was going to be trouble. See, peace isn't the absence of trouble or struggle. Peace is bringing love into the midst of that trouble or that struggle. This passage of Scripture, this one verse out of Matthew, tucked into the Beatitudes, it's been weighing heavily on me. And as I have wrestled with it and struggled with it, I've come to realize why it's weighed so heavily on me. And maybe on you as well. And it's because of the election we have this week. I've never in my life, this is the ninth presidential election I have voted in. And never in my life have I seen such differences of opinion in the vociferous explanation of those opinions. And what's been so unfortunate is that the differences of opinion have led to division. Instead of a a listening and an exchanging of ideas. It's okay that we have differences of opinion. That's okay that we look at things differently. That's okay. What's not okay is when that leads to cutoff culture. We disagree on this. You can't be part of my life anymore. Or it escalates to threats or, or violence. There's no greater time for us as people of faith to be peacemakers. Because no matter what happens on Tuesday, no matter the outcome, there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be thrilled, and there are going to be a lot of people who are going to be disappointed. And it's going to say a lot about us as people of faith about what we do and what we say in the wake of Tuesday's election. We've been called to be peacemakers. There's going to continue to be struggle. There's going to continue to be trouble. Are we going to bring love and peace into the midst of whatever that struggle is? And I pray 
for both candidates. I pray for both campaigns so that when this is over and we know who it is who's going to be serving as president, I pray that both of those men, both of those campaigns will be peacemakers. And what they say and what they do. There's never been a greater time for the world to see as people of faith how we are going to react and respond than in these coming days. You need it. And the world needs it. Because Jesus understood that there will be trouble in the world. It's not the absence of trouble. It's the presence of love that can make each of us a peacemaker. You know, several years ago, uh, the Special Olympics, they were held in Seattle. And so nine competitors came up to the starting line for the 100-yard for the dash. And all nine of those, if you've ever seen the Special Olympics or participated, you know, they had some type of, of mental or physical disability. And so they got to the line and the gun went off and they all took off. And this one boy, he slipped and he fell, and, and in fact, he tumbled a couple times, and he cried. He started crying. All eight of the other runners stopped. They turned around, and they went back. And they picked up that boy. And they locked arms. And all nine of them, together, walked arm in arm across the finish line. And the crowd just cheered. A ten-minute standing ovation. And it was incredible. And what was so incredible is I believe that deep down we all know it's not about winning the race. It's about finishing the race in a way that represents the glory of God. We need to be God-like in the way that we make peace. Make peace with ourselves and with our God so that we can then make peace with each other and in our communities. In the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of economic uncertainty, in the midst of a tension-filled election, in the midst of a search for a new senior pastor, it is so important for us to be peacemakers. So important for us to bring love into the midst of every single situation. Because no, no matter who sits in that chair in the Oval Office a couple of hours northeast of here, or who sits in the chair in the senior pastor's office, there's one thing that is never going 
to change. And that is who's sitting on the throne. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And He has asked us to be God-like and to be peacemakers. We need it. And the world needs it. My hope and prayer is that the lampstand that is our lives will reflect the glory of God as we become makers of peace. Part of our worship today is to celebrate Holy Communion. And so I hope that each of you on your way in received one of these. If, if not, we'll bring one to you. And it's so timely and appropriate for us to be doing this. Because is there any greater example of God's desire for us to be a peacemaker than the Lord's table. Because it wasn't a situation that Jesus ran from. It wasn't a situation that he avoided. It was trouble. It was painful. It was sorrowful. But he stepped into it and overcame it because of his love and his desire for peace. Peace in this world. And so it was on that night where he sat down with the disciples and he shared that final meal, gave them those final instructions and he, he took bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body. Take and eat in remembrance of me. And then in the same manner, he, he took the cup. And he said, this represents a new covenant. This represents a new relationship between us because this is my life's blood given for you. And every time that we are to drink of this, you remember that new covenant. And you remember the love that Jesus has for each of us. Take and drink. Gracious and loving God, we come today seeking, as always, to be reflective of your love and your glory. And we wrestle with what it means to be people of peace who can step into the midst of trouble and strife and bring love. Our prayer this morning is that individually and collectively, as we have taken of this bread, as we have partaken of this cup, 
we have done so with the strong assurance and the vivid memory that we do this because of the way that you bring peace to the world through love and hope and grace. Whereas by the love of Jesus Christ and through his life, death, and resurrection that we seek peace today. Amen.